Bible says from verse number one, O oh Lord, may that in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. Lest he fear me as he fear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces, while there is none to deliver. O oh Lord my God, if I have done if I have done this, if there be iniquity in my hands, if I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, yea, I I have um, delivered him that without cause is my enemy. Let the enemy persecute my soul and take it. Yea, let him trade down my life upon the earth and bring mine honor in the dust. Selah. Arise, O Lord, in the anger, lift up thyself because of the rage of mine enemies, and await for me with the judgment that thou hast commanded. So shall the congregation of the people come fastly about for their sakes, therefore return thou on high. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity that is in me. Oh, let not, or let the wicked, or oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. But establish that the just, for the righteous God tries the hearts and reigns. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright man. God that is the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not, he will with his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. He has also prepared for him the instrument of death. He ordained his arrows against the persecutors. <clears throat> Behold, he travaileth with iniquity and hath conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. He had made a pit and digged it, and is fallen into the uh, into the ditch which he made. His mischief shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down upon his own pain. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Is right. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for uh, this book, the Book of Psalms. Now we are, Lord, in chapter 7. I pray that you will once again open our minds and our hearts. Enable us, Lord, to see um, what the psalmist um, is asking from you, Lord. And uh, to, to know also that uh, whatever uh, problems he had experienced in his own life, the same um, calamities, the same distress, the same problems, we also uh, face it. Lord, uh, you are the same, and you will never change. However you um, deal with the enemies of your people in the past, and I believe also the same, uh, you will deal with them in this present time. And Lord, we just um, allow ourselves, O oh God, um, to put our hearts uh, fully trusting in your name. Bless all your people. And Lord, help that... Um, the trust of your people will only be upon you and not on anything in this world. Because there is no help from any other but from you only. And Lord, uh, bless all of us again um, as we come to this passage of scripture. Help us to understand it. Amen. Amen. This is a psalm of um, deliverance. This is, I believe, um, 
pinned down again by David. Uh, he's written a lot of uh, great portion of the book of Psalms. And uh, David here, I believe, is under pressure because of persecution. He has um, faced persecution uh, that is perhaps maybe life-threatening to him. Uh, we can find his story in the book of uh, Samuel, first Samuel, second Samuel. And um, you will you will see that uh, David here was very quick to express to the Lord, um, asking God to render judgment and uh, and equity and fairness uh, in in his in, in the dealings of his people and also the dealings of the persecutors, the enemy. And he believes that God is no respecter of person. If a Christian will, you know, will will sin against the Lord, the Lord will deal with the Christian. If also the uh, unbeliever will will commit sin against the Lord, the Lord also uh, will bring them judgment. So God is a God that is not a respecter of persons, and He, our God, doesn't really regard, must attempt to elevate Himself to try himself to get to the position, um, higher position of holiness. So uh, here we can see that this book of Psalms is really, uh, it shows us a clear picture of how the innocent people of God will be vindicated in the end. And this is uh, the writing here of um, David. As you can see, the you know his um, somehow the story of his life that uh, he's been uh, persecuted by people, and later on he asked the Lord, and then the Lord rendered judgment, and the Lord vindicated his people, and that is what he's hoping for, and I believe also uh, that is true to all of us. In verses one and two, you will find I will read, "O Lord, my God." In thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. You see that? He has that um, very close um, relationship with the Lord. And he has that, um, it seems like the proximity there uh, to the Lord is so close that he can just ask whatever he wants to ask from God. Um, he's asking for help. Is asking for deliverance. In verse number two, uh, lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces while there is none to deliver. You see, he recognizes that in this world there is no one can help. He recognizes that help is only coming from above. And, and the enemy is so strong that he can, the Bible says, render him pieces. That means you can be spread by the enemy. The enemy is very strong. And that's what David is saying here. David's enemies pose a realistic threat against him personally and against his people. I don't know if he includes the kingdom here. And um, um, these people, they persecute him, they railed upon him, and threatened to tear him in pieces. So he could not survive without God's help here. David could not survive without God's help. The accusations against him in his own mind 
and he searches hard, and he found it, the accusations were unjust. The accusations against him uh, were untrue. And now, because there is none that can deliver among the men, among the children of men, so he has not, nowhere, nothing else to, left for him to run to but to the Lord. The only way that he can, you know, uh, uh, be helped here is the Lord. So he relies upon the goodness and grace of God to defeat his enemies. And he waits upon the Lord for help. So I think, again, you can relate this um, situation of David upon our own personal lives. We have enemies, we have people, and maybe now you don't have enemy, but time will come that you can have enemy of your own. And that enemy is stronger than, uh, than you, and there is none to help you but the Lord. And let's take a look at this um, um, Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 10 and 11 Persecutions, afflictions which came unto me this is Paul uh, writing at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra what persecutions I endured but out of the all the Lord delivered me you see uh, he said in verse number 10 but thou hast fully known my doctrine manner of life Purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience. And then uh, he carried on uh, with persecutions and how uh, he was ordained to go through that persecution. But again, uh, nonetheless, at the end of that, the Lord, he said, delivered him. And again, that is our deliverance. The Lord is our deliverance. In chapter 4 of the same book, Second uh, Peter, uh, in verse number 17, and 18, that notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And this is time when, when uh, everyone left him. Everyone left him. He said in verse number 10, uh, For Demas had forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed the Solomita, crescent to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. And, and uh, he, he asked uh, for Mark to come over. And, um, and then he said here in verse number 17, Verse 16, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So this is, you know, uh, the same with David. Uh, he, he has only one help there that's left um, to him to run to, and that is the Lord. Because um, among, among the people around him, uh, he could not uh, ask help from them. So you see here, and he understood God's character. He understood that God's character guarantees His goodness toward His people. The Lord has affection. The Lord has this, um, you know, um, um, affinity to God's people. And He believes that, that, that God's favor will always be upon Him. And if you see that in, in the book of Psalms, 
uh, chapter 100. And Moses also um, records how good, how gracious, and, and how, how long-suffering our God is. And um, he wrote that in Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. This is just um, to show you that our God is gracious. So not just the one person is saying to us or telling us that God is gracious. All among these, um, um, you know, um, same people, the saints in the past, um, Paul, David, um, Joshua, and even here, Moses. Exodus chapter 34, verse number, verse number 6. He said here, Moses said, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. You see, if you love the Lord, then um, there is a great um, um, chance of help from him if you walk uprightly before God. In verses 1, uh, go back to um, the book of Psalms, chapter 7. In verses 1 to 2, we have the prayer of deliverance of David. And we will look at the, uh, from verse number 3 to verse number 5. O Lord my God, if I have done, if I have done this, if there be iniquity in my hands, if I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, yea, I have delivered him that without cause is my enemy. Let the enemy persecute my soul. And take it, yea, let him trip down my life upon the earth and lay my head or my honor in the dust. So now he confessed unto the Lord, he looks at himself, he examined himself, and he asked God to examine him and see whether if God can find something wrong in him. If God can find something wrong in him, and if he's guilty of any wrongdoing, so he said, uh, let his soul be delivered into the enemy and trade it down and then kill him. So that, that is how he, you know, uh, because God is no respecter of person, he understands it, that uh, even though he is King David, and he's the man after God's own heart, but it doesn't mean that he can get away with a punishment. Yeah. We might say, oh, Pastor, he has, he has gotten away a lot of punishment from God. Yeah, yeah that's true, but again, uh, you, you see how God uh, judged him when he committed um, murder and, and adultery. Uh, adultery first, and then murder uh, with Uriah and Bathsheba. That the Lord, and he out from his mouth, he said, as the Lord needed, that man should surely put to death. And he was thinking that that's someone else. But Nathan said to him that you are the man, David. You are the man. And then he recognizes it. He realizes it, that he sinned against the Lord because he indeed killed Uriah. He was not the one stabbing Uriah to death. But he sent a letter to put Uriah in the forefront of the battle. And then commanded Joab to, when, 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 the, when the battle is intense, then withdraw support so that Uriah would die. Oh, the purpose why he wants Uriah to die? So that Bathsheba would become a widow. So that uh, he can take Bathsheba. Why? That is evil. So it's, it seems like he was the one like that, uh, killing Uriah himself. Uh, and in the sight of God, it was him who killed Uriah. And it was murder. It was murder. So he sinned against God of murder. He sinned against God of, um, of, of adultery. And then he proclaimed judgment on that. 
that as the Lord liveth, that man should surely die. And then he was the one. He was the man. And the Lord, you know, said judgment. He said, David, Nathan said, David, you will not die. You will not die. But I will tell you, David, death will not depart from your house. So God's judgment was even painful. He would rather die than to have his children die because of that. Yeah, his his um, his son, you know, uh, his son raped his daughter, and the son that raped his and his Amnon, I think Amnon, raped Tamar, and then uh, Tamar has a brother, Absalom, and Absalom killed the son, one of the son of David, the Amnon, and then uh, Absalom, you know, fled. They came back to take the throne. And David, a man of war he was, but he did not want to fight against his son. He wants his son to, 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 uh, to be the next king. So he fled away from um, Absalom. And when Absalom was killed, oh, he, he really, uh, it was very painful. He cried, oh, Absalom, Absalom, I would rather die for you, Absalom. That's the pain that was in for David. For him, it was better that, you know, he would die in the hands of the enemy. And then, um, that is how God rendered judgment against the man of God. So therefore, that will give us the idea that God is no respecter of person. If we commit sin against God, even though you are faithful to the Lord, the Lord, you know, um, will deal with, with our sin. That is why we have to uh, to know God's behavior, you know, we need to know God's uh, um, mindset here. God loves us so much, but, you know, He abhors sin. Sin is abhorrent to Him. So, we need to stay away from that. And that is um, David here. He acknowledged um, that his proper conduct and here in these verses from verse number 3 and verse number 5, uh, you can find that uh, it pictures David's honesty and integrity and he believes that uh, he did not do anything wrong. He believes that uh, what he did was right uh, in the sight of God. That is why he has a confidence that in the eyes of God, this, his life was okay, but in that, his enemies wanting him dead. So they will try to persecute him and try to chase him down. Therefore, the enemies need to, you know, create false accusations. And, and so that these false accusations can cause David distress. And that is what the, the enemy will do, will, will do to you. They will create all these um, uh, false accusations and, and that you will have stress uh, day in and day out, and you will have problem uh, all the day, and then until he can destroy you. But again, David here he said, "Yeah, he said I am willing to suffer. I put my willingness to suffer at the hands of my enemies. If indeed he has wronged them, if they can prove that they have, they have, they have or he had wronged them." then he is willing to suffer the consequences of his action. 
So that is the confidence that David had. And the thing is, man cannot say, only God can say. That's why he ran to the Lord. Lord, you are the only one that can help me here. You are the only one. These people accusing me. These people persecuting me. And, and, and the rest of the people will look at the accusations. And it seems right. It seems true. And then, Lord, they do not know. Only you who knows everything. That's why he ran to the Lord for uh, help. And he, uh, uh, he, he expressed his willingness to suffer. In verses number 6 to verse number 8, notice this. Arise, O Lord, in thine anger. Lift up thyself because of the rage of my enemies. The, the enemy are, you know, full of wrath. The enemy is full of, um, they are full of perhaps envy or anything um, that they will do everything just to pin you down, just to, uh, to shut you down. And here David is, experiences the same. So the psalmist here exhibits wisdom in calling on God to judge his enemies. He asked the Lord, Lord, please render judgment. Render judgment upon my enemies. He doesn't want to take this into his own hand. He was a king. He can use his army. He can use, you know, uh, uh, his people to, to defend him, to protect him. But he did not do that. He has the power to use, you know, uh, a physical mind. But here David, he wants God to judge the enemies and he wants God to render judgment upon them rather than taking things into his own hands. He doesn't want to take things into his own hands because he trusts that it is God who sees the heart and he wants that. He wants that. He wants God to render judgment according to the motives of the heart between him and his enemy. What's the motive of the enemy? And what's his motive? And then he wants God to judge that. So, and again, as he knows that God will render judgment, and he knows that it is an honest judgment, he knows that it is a fair judgment, and he wants God to answer him. And he wants God to arise in his anger. Because he knows exactly that when God will see his heart, and God will see the heart of his persecutors, that God will find his heart is pure. So therefore God will judge his enemies. But he doesn't want to judge his enemies. He wants God to judge them. So this is really a faithful man. He's a faithful man of God. Now, here, uh, he wants God to arise in his anger and meet out judgment upon all who sin against him. That is, you know, um, a Christian's uh, view in, in his life. We do not take things, we do not take the matters upon our own hands. We will wait upon the Lord and for his judgment. And the good news is, the good news is, for us believers is that the Lord Jesus Christ, if we have wrong, really, if we have wrong, the Lord Jesus Christ has taken our judgment upon himself on the cross. It is the Lord. You know, we, we, no one is sinless. And because of that, we are all condemned. Yep. And who will condemn us? Supposed to be, it's God. But the good thing is the Lord Jesus Christ made himself to be sin for us, who knew no sin. 
so that we might be the righteousness of God in Him. In First Peter, First Peter chapter two, First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two and verse number twenty-four. Verse twenty-three. Who then? Ah, uh, who when he was revived, revived not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. You see, um, again in verse number, go back to our text in, in Psalm chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Now we see this time the destruction of the wicked. We see the destruction of the wicked, and we will see uh, the salvation also of the just. The contrast here, destruction of the wicked and salvation of the just. Verse number 9. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. But establish the just. For the righteous God tried the hearts and reigns. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. Now you see, uh, you see here, David now is trying to invoke to deal justly with the wicked. First, by bringing their uh, evil works and then their schemes. He asked God to put an end of those. And I believe that, and he believes too, that God will just do that. The Lord will, will, will do just that. And, and then, not only on the immediate sin, and we know that the ultimate judgment of God is coming. And everything, all the unrighteousness of the wicked, all the you know, um, unfairness, the injustices, everything that has been done in this world will be accounted for. Not one of them will be left um, undone. The Lord will make sure that everything the deeds of the wicked will be destroyed. In Hosea, Hosea, or, or Ephesians, let's look at Ephesians first. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse number, verse number 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things come in the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So again, um, just do what is right, and then the Lord will just render judgment and destroy the wicked, and eventually also the Lord will show the salvation of the just. So again, in the book of Revelation, chapter 6, there's a lot of things there that we can learn. Let's go there. How the Lord will will render judgment upon the unrighteousness of this world and how he will save the just. He will vindicate 
just chapter 6 of the book of Revelation. Uh, from verse number uh, 17. Verse number 17, it says, the Bible says, For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? That day will come, it's because of the unrighteousness of this world, because of the, uh, the wickedness, injustices. God is, you know, compounding all of that and, and just waiting for the perfect day of his judgment, the day of wrath. Chapter 14, chapter 14, verse number 10. <clears throat> It said, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And upon the cloud, one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his hand, or on his head, <coughs> a golden crown, and in his hand, a sharp sickle. So this is the harvest time for the unrighteousness of man. Chapter, <coughs> chapter 14, again, verse number 19. It said, And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Chapter 16, verse number 19. It said, And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the firstness of his wrath. In, in chapter 19, verse number um, 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, <clears throat> and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treated the winepress of the firstness and wrath and wrath of Almighty God. When the Lord Jesus Christ will come, coming from his mouth and swords. You know, if those people that have ears, and they will hear his word, it's the sword that will burst them and kill them. And that is uh, the, the firstness and wrath of Almighty God. You see, we have a lot of um, um, verses that <clears throat> will show to us <clears throat> how the Lord will render judgment and will destroy the wicked on that, on that day. That is why sometimes people die without justice uh, given to him in his life. Well, I will tell you, my friend, you know, um, just wait for it. Just wait for it because the Lord will win their judgment. And I will praise, uh, we will pray to the Lord that um, that judgment will come upon our lifetime. But if not, then the Lord, you know, will render that judgment. But it's not, it's not going to be too late. Here in chapter, back to um, Psalm chapter 7, God will answer David's prayer. When God answers the prayer of David, it is the same answer that he has for the just. Every person that is just in the sight of God is the same answer that he has answered David with. And in, in, again, uh, the Lord knows uh, the heart of every man. And the Lord knows how to deliver his people. And with that, you will see that indeed the Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our defense. In verse number 10, verse number 10 of the book of Psalm chapter 7. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. 
You see, that this is our part. This should be, you know, uh, on our part. That what we can really do in this life is, you know, make our hearts right before the Lord. Just allow yourselves to, um, to do what is right because the Lord will look after you. Sometimes you do not understand, Lord, why is so long? How long are you going to punish the, the evildoers? But you know, just wait for it. David had that experience. He had that, you know, painful waiting, but again, painful to us. But it's not really the Lord when He renders judgment, when He comes to, to, to judge the nation, um, it's not too late. David has that uh, waiting and waiting in Psalm, I think Psalm 40, verse number 1. Psalm chapter 40, verse number 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. That's supposed to be every Christian's attitude upon God. We, we, we can wait, you know. We wait upon the Lord, but sometimes we cannot wait for long. We break down. We snap. Because, but David here, look at this. I waited patiently. Patiently. We need to have that character. To wait patiently. Because I will tell you, that is where faithfulness can come out. Like you and me, you keep on coming to church and we are waiting for God's, you know, blessing. We are waiting and sometimes we, we receive blessings here and uh, here and there. We receive blessings every now and again. But again, we want that great blessing upon our lives. And we cannot wait. We cannot wait. We snap. But David, now he waited patiently. I waited patiently for the Lord. And notice at the end of that waiting. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Wow. We want, we want the praise heard my cry. But we cannot have that patience. But God wants us to have that patience. We all know the, the blessing of Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Now we Christians, we want God to hear from heaven without going through all those requirements. We want the then. We don't want the if. <laughs> if we don't want that if, Lord. We want the then. Just give us the then. That's what we want. Now God wants us to go through the if. If my people, then, you see the word, uh, then is a blessing. Wow. Finally. That's, that's the same word. That is what God wants to give to us. But God allows us to go through this process. God allows us to go through this experience. Sometimes we know patience, we know grace, we know uh, mercy, we know uh, forgiveness by theory. Sometimes we are very good in explaining that by theory. But we don't have any practical experience of that. We appreciate it, but I will tell you, when you have the practical experience, 
you will savor it. And you will rejoice in the Lord when the death comes because you go through the hate. You have to go through the hate, then you will have the death. Yeah. You see, God's righteous or judgment will be displayed. But that comes after the death. That comes over there at the end. Oh, my friend, we have a great blessing here of David. We have a great, um, it's, you know, um, uh, things that he experienced because exactly what David had experienced is actually can be an experience of every Christian in this world. If you live your life faithful to the Lord, you will go through these problems, persecutions, but the good thing is when you live your life right before the eyes of the Lord, you will go through persecutions, you will experience all these hardships, you will experience all these accusations, but you will also experience the deliverance. Because God will come to rescue you, to render judgment, righteous judgment upon everyone. Alright, so uh, let's cut this because it's a, it's a bit long uh, chapter now. Our chapter is getting longer and longer. So uh, we are still in chapter 7 of the book of Psalms. So we will just start from here and uh, we'll hopefully complete or um, complete this next Sunday when we give the Lord a thousand.